Okay, welcome everybody to another week of Parsha at the Barber. This time we're not at the Barber because, well, the Barber shop is closed. So shout out to Ilya, who's my partner in the sublime, my partner in the divine. Get it? Partner in crime, partner in eh, whatever. Hasidic dad jokes. Anyway, uh, so we're going to do this from my office. It's more like a studio than an office, but anyway. Um, okay, so we're at Parshas Toldes, right? Talks about, the beginning talks about how Yitzchak and Rivka could not have children, and then they had twins. After they daven Tashem and Hashem answered their prayer. So, the first thing in the parasha, it says, these are the sons, Ela told us, Yitzchak, these are the, the children of Yitzchak, the offspring of Yitzchak, uh, the son of Avraham, Ben Avraham, Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, and then it repeats itself and says, Avraham, Yitzchak. Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak. So the obvious question is, why does the Torah repeat this, this sentence? You know, everything in the Torah is precise, even the little points at the top of the letters, the tagim, there are secrets hidden in those things. So obviously this is not for nothing. There's a reason why the Pasuk repeats this. And so the first explanation, which is the most simple one, is that because Sarah was taken both by Pharaoh, by Pare, and by Avimelech, who were both kings where they lived, um, people were making fun and saying, ah, it's not really Avram's kid because he's so old, even though Sarah was also old, so how do you explain that? But people slander, and so they were saying it's not Avram's kid, it's either Paro's kid or Avimelech's kid, and so Hashem made a miracle that Yitzchak looked so exactly like his father that no one could deny that it was Avram's kid. Now, another thing over here, which is uh, on a Kabbalistic level, is that Avraham represents pure kindness, chesed, love. And Yitzchak represents the opposite, severity, din, judgment, gvura. Obviously, in Yitzchak's case, it's a holy type of judgment and gvura. But, so here it's saying that this is kind of like a, a hint to two types of people who are exact opposites. You'll have someone who will do something wrong, which brings an avera, transgression, which brings judgment into this world, it brings din into this world. And he'll convince himself that it's because of chesed. Right? He'll, he'll convince himself that it's, that it's Avraham, Yitzchak ben Avraham. He'll do Yitzchak, obviously in a negative form. He'll, do, he'll bring judgment onto the world. And it'll be because he's convincing himself that really it's on the level of Avraham. It's chesed, it's good, it's a mitzvah. And then you have the exact opposite, which is someone who is Avraham, on level of Avraham, he's bringing chesed to the world, he's a tzaddik, he's, he's a holy person, but he'll, he'll do something which is considered gvura. He'll, bring, he'll do something which is wrong in, because of a greater good. Now, don't try this at home. Don't be like, oh yeah, so for a greater good, I'm going to you know, do something wrong. But there have been times in history where very great people um, were ready to do something wrong just to, just for a greater good. It's actually to, to the extent that David HaMelech, who, you know, very negative things were happening to him. He had a lot of hardships in his life, and he was a tzaddik at the time. 
um, and all these things were happening to him. So he, wa- he wanted people to, he didn't want people to think, look, here's a holy man, and nothing bad is happening, and, and all these bad things are happening to him. What's going on? And they would lose their faith in God. So he was ready to go and serve idols, to do idol worship, or at least to have people think he did idol worship. I don't remember the, the story exactly, so I don't want to say exactly what the story was. But and he was willing to do that in order so people would not lose their faith in God. Then there was a prophet who came and told him not to do it, and you know, he, he didn't end up doing it. But, but he, his concern with people's faith in God and, and with the greater good in the world was so strong, he was ready to do something so severe. Anyway, so that's you know, another explanation of why it says these two things representing these opposite things. And I need to switch out the battery. And we're back. Thank God for spare batteries. That's all I can say. <laughs> now, here's another explanation, which is that halachically, this, is, this actually has halachic ramifications. If a person gives birth, or if a person has a, has a child, but that child is sterile and can't have children, so they haven't really fulfilled the mitzvah of be fruitful and multiply because it can't continue on. There are some opinions that say that Yitzchak was the one who couldn't have children, and then there are some opinions that say that it was Rivka. Now in the Pasuk it actually says Kiyakari, she couldn't have kids. So the question is, was it also Yitzchak? I'm not sure, but there are definitely opinions that say it was mainly him, and some opinions that say it was mainly her. So according to the opinion that Yitzchak couldn't have children, until that moment, Avraham hadn't really done the mitzvah of being fruitful and multiplying, of, of pruravu, periavarivya. But once Yitzchak transformed into someone who could have children, now that retroactively made it, and now Avraham did do the mitzvah of periavarivya. He did fulfill the commandment of be fruitful and multiply. And that's why it says Yitzchak ben Avraham, Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, and now Avraham held this Yitzchak. Now he really gave birth to someone. Now he really was fruitful and multiplied because of this change. Now, here's another explanation of the double language. Avraham had more than one son. Yitzchak also had more than one son. However, only Yitzchak is really considered the tolda, the offspring, the continuation of Avraham. And only Yaakov is considered the continuation of the offspring of Yitzchak. Because when it comes to the forefathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, only those who did something to earn that title were called that and were considered a continuation. And Yitzchak and Yaakov and Yaakov's children, who were all tzaddikim, they all did something. They were righteous. They, they earned that title. And that's why the Torah is saying this double usher to say that, yes, he, gave, he, he had him as a son, but also he is worthy of that title. Now, another thing. Why does it say Hoylid as Yitzchak? Why does it say, normally when you say someone had a child, you would say Yolat, right? He had a child. Here it says Hoylid, which grammatically means that you, when you have a hey in front of a word, it means you caused someone else to do something. You, you in effect, had someone else accomplish something. So why does it, why is there this change here? And so the answer is that um, Yitzchak, I'm going back to this Kabbalistic uh, idea of kindness versus severity versus judgment, is that severity, judgment alone, Yitzchak on his own, without any um, kindness, would not be able to have a son like Yaakov, who's actually the perfect 
combination of the two. He's a fusion of those two. So you have Avraham, who is uh, pure kindness, and then you have Yitzchak, who is pure judgment, and then you have Yaakov, who is actually the combination which leads to mercy. That to give to someone even though he's not worthy of it. That combination. And these are you know, Kabbalistic terms, and I'm probably not doing them justice, but... Um, so, so what he's saying is that Avraham transferred over to Yitzchak uh, a certain amount of chesed, even though Yitzchak himself was pure uh, gevura, he transferred over to Yitzchak a certain level of chesed, and that, that's how they're able to have Yaakov, who is the perfect combination. The Magid writes, the Magid says that Eila told us Yitzchak, there's two types of love that a father can have to his child. One is the innate, natural, unconditional love, which, albeit um, untouchable and unchangeable, it's not as intense and great as the love that comes after that, which is what, if a son, or rather when a son, does things, does great things, is a good person, and does things to make his father proud, the love that a father has to his son then is compounded and it's much more intense and much more great. And so this Pasuk is actually coming and, say, and, and, and representing these two things. And it talks about the higher level of love first, because that's the greater one. So it says, Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avraham. That's talking about when Yitzchak accomplished so much that he, that he, he nourished his father with more love. Right? That was coming from Yitzchak. He did something, and now that reciprocated a stronger love from his father. And then afterwards, it says the lower level of love, which is Avraham, which is the innate love that a father has for his son. I thought that was very interesting. Um, now, the Alter Rebbe and the Sfas Emes also says something very similar. That, And this is going back again to the idea of uh, kindness and... and uh, Judgment, love, and fear, right? Kindness represents love and judgment represents fear. So they're both, they both say something similar that when you have awe and fear of God, if it's, if it's just fear without the love, it, it's not real, it's not substantial. Only when you come to a love of God um, and you love Him so much that you recognize the importance to also have awe and fear to make sure to, to, right, to, to fear losing that connection with God and to also push away and to uh, reject and scorn anything that's antithetical to God. That's the real type of fear when it's birthed out of love. So that's what it's saying. It, it goes, it says, Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avraham. It mentions this idea of awe and fear of God. But make sure Avraham held this Yitzchak. It has to be that the love is what's causing this awe and fear of God, and, it's, and, and that's what's uh, affecting this emotion. More uh, Kabbalistic stuff. Now, this is coming from the Rebbe, and I really, really like this. From the Bavitz Rebbe. It says there's two types of refinement, Birudim, in the world. There's the, the refinement that you can have that is on the level of Avraham, which is that Avraham, as we know, he went around and he traveled. Whenever, wherever he traveled, he called out in God's name and brought more people over. So that's the level of refinement of the world of having to go out and having to do the, the uh, tedious and, and uh, arduous work 
of 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 refinement, and then there's a higher level, which is the level of Yitzchak. And we see, as we see that Yitzchak, he accomplished everything he had to in Eretz Yisrael. He didn't leave the land of Eretz Yisrael. He didn't go down to Mitzrayim, right? And yet he accomplished everything he had to. That represents the level of refinement of the world from where a person is to draw everything to you and to elevate everything to your level and not going down to the level of other things. And that's, you know, what you can call told us. That's what you can call a true accomplishment because that's a higher accomplishment than having to go out and go down to the level of, of you know, impurity and, and, and refining it, but rather bringing everything up to oneself and refining it. Right? And that's, that's a very big lesson of how we're supposed to do our, you know, when you bring someone closer to Torah, you don't bring the Torah down to them, rather you bring them closer to the Torah. You, you slowly bring them closer and, and don't denigrate the, the importance of the mitzvahs. Um, now this is something from the Benish Chai, and I, I always love putting in something from Benish Chai because it's just such a different um, perspective. So according to the Benish Chai, he says that it seems that Rivka already knew that she had twins. So why did she go to the yeshiva? Because we see that she, 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 she saw that uh, when she would pass by a, a, a base medrash, then there was kicking, and then when she would pass by a place of Avedazara, of idol worship, there would also be kicking. And she's like, well, is, what, is this child confused? That's the, the simple explanation. But the Ben Chai is saying that actually she already understood that she probably has two children. But there was a problem here. She, she thought that they, they didn't know who was the one who couldn't have kids. Maybe it's Yitzchak who can't have kids. Maybe it's Rivka who can't have kids. So they both prayed. They both davened. But once she started to see that she has a, 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 a child who seems to have an affinity for, for wickedness, she said, God doesn't make miracles you know, and, and have negative outcomes from these miracles. So what must it be? It's not, when I prayed for a child, I was able to have a child already. It was Yitzchak who couldn't have a child. And the miracle is the, is the other child who is, who is holy. The miracle is, is, is uh, Yaakov to be. Um, and so therefore, she was upset at herself for praying, because she's like, now that I prayed for a child, I had a child. It wasn't a miracle because I was, you know, it wasn't a miracle that defied nature because she was able to have children. And it must be that Yitzchak was the one. And so her prayer brought about a wicked child and she was very upset. So she went to the yeshiva of Shem Eber. She went to, as it says, to go ask of God. She wanted to figure out if, if, if her, you know, to, how she's feeling and, and, and if, if she was on the right track of, of you know, her, her assumption. And they told her over there in the yeshiva of Shem Eber, she was told that no, that that you had to pray for a child, and don't be upset. And the reason why you have both a child who is, who is, who, who, who is naturally, who naturally loves good and holiness, and an, another child who has, seems to have an affinity for wickedness, is because this is, the, this is a, a, the master plan of the world, this is the way Hashem is going to have uh, you know, the rest of history go down until the time Mashiach comes, and there's a purpose for this. And so that calmed her down. Um, now, just something, you know, to note that, that uh, 
something very special about Rivka, that Rivka was, Rivka was like a rose between the thorns. Even though she grew up with so many uh, wicked people around her, she still managed, even at a very young age, to go towards Hashem and to go toward goodness and to go toward holiness. As we see from the story of how she treated Eliezer, even from, even from such a tender age, she uh, understood what it was to be kind and what it was to be good. Now, here is a question about why was it? Why did Hashem make it? Right? Okay, so, so according to some people, it was Yitzchak who couldn't have kids, Rivka, maybe both of them. But why, why did Hashem make it to begin with that they couldn't have children? They were meant to have Yaakov and Esau, right? They were meant to have these children. So why go through the whole thing of they can't have kids, now they have to pray, and they're going to have kids, right? Just give them kids to begin with. And so there's four answers. That, four answers that I know of. <laughs> um, the first answer is that when Rivka left her, her family to go marry Yitzchak, she was given a blessing. And they gave her a blessing for everything, including to have children. And, and, and so Hashem wanted to make it that it wasn't because of their blessing that she had children. Right? Their blessing didn't cause a miracle. And, because, and if she couldn't have children, if they couldn't have children, it was a miracle. And it's very interesting what it's saying here. It's saying that, that they would have charged. They said, oh, I gave you a blessing and you had kids because of my blessing. You know, that's valuable. Please pay me, right? It's kind of like, you know, idea of a shatchan. If someone brings something good upon you, you should compensate them in some way. And so Hashem didn't want that to be the case. Hashem didn't want them to owe anything to anybody, especially to, you know, Rivka's family, who was not exactly, you know, the, 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 the greatest people on earth was not exactly the greatest family. So Hashem made it that there would be a miracle and their prayer would accomplish this and not someone else's blessing. That's the first one. The second answer is that Hashem loves the prayer of tzaddikim. And therefore he wanted them to cry out to him in order to, you know, for them to earn this. And why the, the, the prayers of tzaddikim, especially is because the prayer of tzaddikim is answered. And that will uh, let it be known the power of Prayer, that's going to publicize how powerful prayer is, that when there's something uh, that a person doesn't have, don't think that it's because of uh, mazel, because of someone's luck, or because of someone's merit that they have something, but it's only because if Hashem wants to give it to them, they will have it. And when holy people have hardships and they pray, and those hardships are resolved, that shows everybody how powerful prayer is and who's in charge of the world. Now, number three. Sorry, that second part was number three. So number three says, aside from loving the, the prayer of tzaddikim, but that prayer shows that it's not, it's not merit or luck that gives someone the things that they have, but rather it's only Hashem and them having to pray for what they wanted and getting it represents that. Oh, and now this answer is actually the answer I love the most, and that is that. The exile of Egypt, the Yidin going into Mitzrayim, was officially started from the birth of Yitzchak. And so, if Yitzchak would have gotten married at his regular age, which would be a lot younger than 40, and he would have had kids right away, instead of having to wait for a very long amount of years, that would have made it 
that the Jews would actually be in Mitzrayim and having the hardships and having the suffering for longer. And so Hashem prolonged it where Yitzchak got married very late. And even when he got married, he had to wait a long time to have children. And that made it, that took off, uh, I think, at least 50, if not more years of the actual hardship and, 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 and the, the suffering that Jews had to have in, in, in Mitzrayim. Um, guys, that's all I have today. And uh, thank you for tuning in again. Please comment below. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like what you'd like to see in the future. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. If you're here till the end and you watch till the end, God bless you. You're a keeper. <laughs> uh, no, really, God bless you. And um, we'll see you next time. Like and subscribe. And uh, don't forget to smile.